0: If you go up in the microphone, I'll take my mic stand and I'll beat you with it to death. Don't do it to the listener or to me. You're listening to the Dude Nature podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We have an absolute banger of an episode coming up. I'm here in the reactor. We got our chai lattes. We're ready to go. This episode's an absolute banger. All right. Chai tea Chai tea latte. 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 I'm I'm with my brother, Adam, as always. This is Adam. Okay, in the reactor. Adam over here. Across the street from the coffee shop where they don't seem to like us. No. Hey, dude. They don't like us. Gripe, suggestion. Um, My gripe. I actually have an anti-gripe. What's the opposite of a gripe? I have a pleasantry. I have a pleasantry to share with you. I have a gripe that you have a pleasantry, not a gripe. Okay. My pleasantry is Big Buck Hunter. Okay? Everybody likes it. Show me a person that doesn't like Big Buck Hunter. Girls like it. They like it when it's at the bar. They like doing the Buck Hunter. Yeah. Uh I can do it. It's funny. You know? Guys like it. It's fun to compete on Buck Hunter. It's stupid. You know? just a hit in every single bar is a buck hunter yeah the college bar at our college had buck hunter okay so when I was thinking about buck hunter I actually came up with a gripe and that gripe is if you are a bar the pool tables don't put the pool tables in the main right. area because it's to the just buck swarming with the dudes the dude area you know the pool area yeah then there's nowhere to walk right if you put the pool pool tables in the middle of the bar okay, okay good. buck hunter good pool not so because buck hunter is cross gender right everybody likes it yeah. you know young old your thing brought me to migrate. Sure, yeah. Go ahead. Um, just bars in in the U.S. So when you go to other countries, there's like a bar, yeah. Like because there's like a bar, but then there's like a dance floor. Yeah. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to grab a a, a female or whatever, or grab a male and dance, right? Yeah. In the open floor. Uh huh. But the so a lot of the bars, especially in Boston. Wait, where are these bars? That you're, you're I'm, I'm, I'm at? describing Boston, especially. It's just like it's just like you go to the bar. It's just a bar. It's like it's like the oh, it's old bar. Irish bar where it's like it's, it's like we have alcohol and then seats. <laughs> yeah. So you just get. Wait, it Wait, what and bar you has sit. dance a dance floor? Not many.
1: I mean, some, some in this,
0: in in SF. Yeah. In S in 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 SF, some do. In in Austin, mm-hmm. there. I mean, there was a millennial grind pit in there. No, they're, literally, they're you country. Go, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. In Austin, like the broken smoke and stuff. Yeah. They're two stepping bars. Mm-hmm. So you get a drink and then you go actually dance. There's like a huge dance floor, which right. is great. It's not like like in Boston when there, when it's, there's just a bar. When you go to a bar and it's just like a bar and seats, the dudes just start fighting each other. Right. That's what they want. Because there's so. nothing to do. No, that is that is what you're supposed to do. There's right? no, I think that is what you're supposed to do. In Boston, that is what you're supposed to do. That is the activity. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But like, I want like a dance floor, right? I want to, you know, if the, if the dudes at the Boston bars were dancing with girls, they wouldn't be fighting each other. Cause they'd be, they'd be focused on that, but they get first. You first, wait, here's the thing. First you carve out space, right? In Boston. Not like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know this, but then you get into a fight and then you get a girl, right? That's is what that that there is. Yes. That's what there is to do there. How about them apples? Uh, how, what's your gripe? <laughs> yeah, but How about <laughs> them apples? How about them, <laughs> them apples? No. Oh, Honestly. Have you when's the last time you this watched? Harvard. Bar? When's the last time this you It's a Harvard bar. It's a Harvard. Go bar. Hunt, go hunting. No, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You think you're funny? You make fun of my friend? Uh, you have to you think I like it's that. Like it. My wife bars when she sleeps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, RIP Robin. Yep. Um, what's your gripe? No, yeah, so my, my gripe my gripe is those bars. And that I just don't understand. It's just not fun. There's just a bar and seats. It's not fun. Have a dance floor, right? Austin broken spoke, right? Many places to dance. Have a dance floor. How let the dudes try and hook up with girls instead of trying to fight each other. Give them an avenue for that. Dancing. Dancing but is a I great avenue I think they are fighting cuz they want to hook okay. up. But here's the They're thing. They're fighting because they can't the sexual frustration, right? Of a bar. Yeah, because you're just sitting standing around. There's nothing to do. But here's the thing. Dancing like like two-stepping or like or like salsa dancing, it mm-hmm. is an intermediary to sex. Right. Right? So when you go to the bar, it's hard to jump from hi nice to meet you to let's have sex, right? Instead, with, with when there's dancing involved, like in, like, in, you know, the Broken Spoke or even in, like, Costa Rica with salsa dancing, it's, it's, hi, nice to meet you. Would you like to dance? It's a totally respectable thing to ask someone. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, and then there's dancing going on. And then there's a, there's a, there's a I, physical connection. Well, okay. So when, I think we're at, we're at a weird place in the U.S. Cause we don't know what to do, there's no intermediate. There's no, no lubricant. Right. Right. It's just like you stand or do you. You have to cold you know, talk to each other, and it's it's weird. There's There's no no needs to be, there needs yeah, yeah. to be the dancing. Yeah, dancing is the lubricant. People are dancing. They're yeah. sweating. They're giving off endorphins. They're dancing with feel each good, other. Feel good. Feel nice. It's just such a better vibe. It's like I'm going to get drinks, and I'm going to go dance. In Boston, it's like we're bored. I'm just going to drink. Everyone's going to black out. There's going to be some fights in here. People are going to yell in Boston accents. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm not dancing. No, let's play a game. Okay, let's do it. Have you ever had, or you think you have had, a mystical experience? I hundred percent. Okay. So This episode's a banger. Okay, so let's run through the nine defining characteristics of a mystical experience. According to LonerWolf.com, a wild spiritual website, I, I went into the website thinking, you know, it was, it was a little strange. Right after you got your wolf tattoo. Kind of cool. Kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Right after I, I got my wolf. ooh, <laughs> it was kind of cool. So it has some cool stuff on there and we're going to run you through this. And okay, I know it's a hard question to ask, but I'm going to need you to open up a little bit. Open up your doors a little bit. Let us inside. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let the people inside. Okay. This is going to be a vulnerable episode. We're going to have uh, to let the people in. I'm so excited for this episode. Okay. Can't so even describe it. Let's talk about the first thing. The first thing is the loss of self and the union with all that is around you. Did you experience that in your mystical experience? The loss of self, the union. Yes. 100%. Can you tell us like a little bit about what happened? Yeah, so um, me and like two of my, my best friends then, um, we, we, took, we, t- we took shrooms and we went up uh, on, the, on the mountain, on Mount Tam. Um, and we like played in this river. We, we did it during the weekday, so there was, like, weren't many people there. It's this beautiful trail. And we played in the river for like a couple hours. And I was just like, I just felt like everything was connected okay. to each other. Okay. And it was incredible. It was, it's seared onto my memory like a brand. Like I'll, something I'll never forget. So ever. Lo- loss of self union with all that is around you. Like you were saying, everything is connected. Kind right. Of, kind of feeling. Yes. Uh, No sense of time. No sense of time. What happened? You just, no watcher. Well, in I can't tell if this is like, because I'm, my brain is just so, there's so much stimulus. There's so much stimulation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That like, I'm just like living, I'm living, in that moment so much because my brain, there's this like, you know, it's getting pounded by senses. The feeling of everything being perfect. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's really interesting you say that. Why? That's how it feels when you're on psychedelics sometimes. Like this is like such a perfect moment. Yeah. The uh, uh, gratitude, number four. Yes. Okay. Life as a sacred uh, event. Life as a sacred event. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I mean by that? Yeah. You describe that a little more. Um, I think it goes into you saying that everything is connected kind of feeling. It's a... I like what you said with the perfect. Mm-hmm. When you said, like, everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. I actually hadn't read that one. And that is a really good way to describe sometimes how you feel. Everything in, in its right place. It's like kind of when feeling. you're on it, you're like, this is such an... I'm with my friends. We're in the woods. Like, this is such a perfect moment. It feels like a movie... Like, like someone took a picture in like a movie. You're like, this is like a perfect I like scene. That. If you're, there was a movie about your life, this would be a scene. This is the scene. You're like, this is a, such a good scene. And when you're in that moment, it's like pure bliss. Okay. Um, the number six is a cool one. I'm just going to read it directly from the website. Um, our sense of self or identity creates a duality in our perception of reality. For example, I am separate from that. However, the moment this separation disappears, you're left with non-dual reality in which your intellect finds paradox after paradox. <clears throat> for example, something is both light and dark, here and absent, human and divine, limited and eternal. In truly understanding paradox, you experience mind-blowing and expansive realizations. Okay, it's, it's going to get a little bit freaky in here. Look, yeah, does does that sound relevant to you in your experience? Yes. Okay, hundred percent. I think that. I think I like. Okay, can I just go? You don't. Like, can I? Can I just go? Can go ahead go for a second. Go ahead. Um. I have, I I feel after doing this research, I was shocked by this research, research. I feel a responsibility for this episode that I haven't felt before. Cause it's like, it's information I really want to give because it's so, I feel like it's so amazing. Mm The, the, the information on here and the feeling that you get from doing psychedelics is, can be unbelievably positive. Mm -hmm. Right. So I feel a responsibility to give like the correct, the correct information to people. In this right. one that I haven't felt before. I also feel like... Do you know how like when we talk to scientists... Yeah. And it's like... It's like... Yeah, like what they're studying is really cool. But I don't know if I could spend my whole life studying it. Like so scientists with a PhD... The thing is that they spend their lives studying something so, so, so specific. Like this certain type of fungus. Right. They go very deep. They go so area. deep into one, one area. Um, I feel like this like... Like, like uh, brings us to our topic. Our topic is psychedelics, right? Specific... And really how are they beneficial... I feel like this topic; it's like it's unbelievably fascinating. What it tells us about consci- consciousness and everything. I could spend my life studying it for I totally, sure. I totally agree. I'm just going to run through the last three really okay, quick. Sorry, yeah. <clears throat> uh, number seven: it's, it's indescribable with a magnitude of emotions. Yes or no? Just say yes or no. Indescribable. Yes, hundred percent. Because there's so much, so much uh, stimulus coming towards you, and it's so beautiful in the moment. Uh, yeah. A characteristic of the mystical experience is that it's very hard to put into words. For sure. Def- okay, number eight, the experience is temporary. In other words, you'd return back to life at some point. Definitely. Okay. You and can't. You did. You, you wouldn't be able to survive if you lived that way. Right. If it wasn't temporary, it'd be kind of bad. You, would, you wouldn't You would exist as a species. Um, The experience is life-changing and something is learned. I don't, like, Hundred- I think number nine, something is learned. is more important. Oh, I think, no, 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 I think life-changing. I think the first time that I did mushrooms was the first uh, psychedelic that I did. Yep. Um, and I think I was, I was, uh, I was a freshman in high school Yeah, and it was life changing for me in what way, in, in the way that before you do it, you know, you might love nature and you might feel like, you know, like, like everything is part of the food web, but when you do it, I feel like it takes, and, and as we'll see with these studies, I feel like it takes away the boundary between Mm -hmm. you and everything else. And you realize that everything is connected and, and, and you do, you do think differently after that. So okay. I think it is life changing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that uh, you definitely have to learn something for it to be a mystical experience. I don't know if it has to be life changing, but you need to learn something from it. That's why, like having a hard experience on psychedelics, could actually be good in the long term. Yeah, because you you can you can learn something. Speaking of learning something, what is our topic? Okay, no, I've kind of given it away. I, yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna say it again, yeah. guys. And I think it's just I just think this episode is really important. It's sci- psychedelics, and specifically. How how psychedelics are beneficial? Um, I think that some of the research here is is amazing. Adam beginnings that don't suck. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, <clears throat> three, two, one. Psychedelic plants. Noah have been used by non-Western cultures as sacramental tools for thousands of years. In ancient Greece, the Eleusinian mystery rites gave initiates a drink infused with psilocybin fungus, the active component of which is a relative of the synthetic LSD. Native American peyote buttons that contain mescaline were carbon dated as early as 3500 BCE, and it is well documented that Mesoamerican cultures such as the Mayans and the Aztecs, they imbibed frequently in mushrooms for ceremonies. However, unfortunately, in the 1970s, the Controlled Substances Act declared that these drugs have quote, no currently accepted medical use, Noah. However, this year, with the opening of the Johns Hopkins Center for Psychedelic Research, and with 150 international scientists studying the practical uses of psychedelics, we appear to be entering a second psychedelic revolution. I'm so excited! Yeah, excited that we're the, second, the second, as opposed to the first one, which happened in the 60s. Right, and then it got shot down. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, our theme, much, much, much on what you touched on before, is connecting back to reality and nature. Okay, because I feel like that. I think. And, and what they've shown from studies is that one of the most important thing, and we're, we're really, we're talking about all psychedelics, but a lot of the studies that we're going to use in this episode are shrooms. Psilocybin is the chemical in shrooms. Boom. Boom. Boomers. Boomers, Okay. Shrooms. Is, is that it makes you feel connected back to nature and connected back to everything around you. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's the thing for me. Adam. Mm Mm-hmm. The most exciting thing about this time is that we have actual doctors doing the medical research and not hippies. Hell yeah. Okay. Talk to us, uh, talk to me about Johns Hopkins Research Center, hey. J Hop, and Sloan Kettering. There's nothing wrong with doing some experimentation. That's true science. Nick, like in your own backyard, right? With mushrooms? You know? So a lot of good things get figured out. But now we have an actual institution that's heading the research in this country, which is a big deal because it was so quickly banned at the end of the 60s and the 70s and it's been dormant for so long it, yeah it, it's a huge deal even to someone like like me who likes psychedelics because it gives actual rel it, it's quantifiable data relevancy for you to yes and also for it it um for the scientific community it's huge right and it gives it a sense of validity right, right? exactly to people if, who aren't as comfortable with psychedelics right. maybe they might see an actual institution that, studying that's why that's why i think is that i think some people that have done psychedelics and that, that, that are like, they, they think they have this life-changing experience. People write it off like they're insane. But now we have an actual institution that is quantifying data from people doing it. And so like now it's, it's valid. Just so, like what you said. Okay, so what is this center, Noah? This, we are talking about the Johns Hopkins Center for Psychedelic Research, of course. It is a unique, unique center. Why is it unique? Because it's the first of its kind in the country to study compounds like LSD and psilocybin and its effects on mental health problems, specifically like anorexia, addiction, and depression, as well as getting into the non-therapeutic research, which we will go into. So this institution was established with $17 million in private donations compared to the Imperial College in London, which has a similar program and it was launched with just $3.5 million in funding. The center has since conducted over 600 different research projects. We're talking about the Johns Hopkins center. So it's the biggest, it's not the only one in the world studying psychedelics, but it is by far the biggest and most well-funded currently. That's fucking right. Yeah. So what are these, what are these trials like in the job and Johns Hopkins center? Like what are they doing? What's the experience like of a person who goes in there to do one of these trials, Noah? Well, if you look at pictures of it, The area where people go in to do their psychedelic trials, it looks like the coziest living room you've ever seen in your life. It's like, it's like kind of like the design of grandma's living room, but it's like, it's like a really nice couch, nice couch, nice blanket. The lighting is perfect. Like a dull kind of light. So you can kind of focus in there and chill. So you feel very chill when you are on your shroom trip. Right. Instead of like having to walk around in public, you get to do it in a nice private Padded space Nice rugs Shit looks good in there But like Aladdin It's like Aladdin's te- uh, tent Like a nice like That's like, good uh, You know in like Hidalgo When they go back to the tent And it's like just rugs There's just like fucking rugs I Haven't everywhere. seen Hidalgo for a while But it's Aladdin, like Hidalgo's yeah. tent in there And like it's like Aladdin. Hidalgo you're with, you're with Cool guys You're with like Aladdin He's a cool guy right He's fucking awesome Right so Why would anyone I, I, be I think Aladdin? that this was really smart Because you can think that That maybe like a doctor Is doing this That had never done The psychedelics before They might be like Okay we're gonna study it We're gonna get a cement We're gonna get a cement room and we're gonna give someone shrooms and see how they react when we give them a cold, sterile room. Yeah, under the freeway. Right under the. Fr- or do you, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead, they actually like thought like because while while psychedelics like can go very right if you prepare accordingly, they can also go very wrong. Absolutely. So we're we're gonna get into that a little bit. That's about the set and the setting of drugs, who you do it with, and where you're doing the drugs. If we're giving any kind of advice, we're not experts in this at all. You know, we've done, we've done just done it a solid amount, solid times. amount, handful, solid amount, maybe a little more than a handful of times, and those things make a huge difference. So they took that into account in the Johns Hopkins Center. Okay, so on treatment day, the person comes into the clinic. They take the required dosage, and before they take the dosage, they've been working with a the therapist for for weeks right, they've to get ready. They've already met the people there. No, they have met the people. They're getting ready for the experience. Okay, so they come in, they take the drug, and they sit or lie down on the couch under continuous observation by the therapist who offers support and guidance. Once the drug starts to kick in or come on or come up or whatever in the pictures. So like, yep, the coziest living room ever. Um, there is an awesome, uh, picture on their website, which is a, a woman in a kind of a nice uh, cardigan, a comfortable cardigan, nice comfortable sweatpants. She's lying on the couch with an eye shade over her eyes and music and headphones on her head because they have like a music program. And the uh, therapist like they're holding her hand. So it's like just about like the, the most comfortable, safest environment you could possibly think of for doing these drugs. It just seems awesome. Exactly. And you have someone guiding you there. So they take the shrooms, they put on the headphones, they put the eye mask on, they lay down and, and the therapist is there that they've already met and, and known is yep. there guiding them yep. through it. Yep. So I know you're going to get into a little bit more, but just speaking to the, uh, the experience of the trials, one woman who underwent them said, I think that the trial was the single most effective thing I've done to manage my mental health. And I had tried almost everything she said, and it leads me to believe that we need to radically change how we think about mental health. So let's talk a little bit about the intensity in these trials, because to be a lasting experience, the Johns Hopkins Center for Psychiatric Research has found that you need to give someone a high dose because a higher dose leads to more lasting positive effects. So what are we talking about the high dose? Well, if you go to Arrowhead, great website. Mm -hmm. They've done research together, by the way, Johns Hopkins and Arrowhead. Have they really? Yeah, that's great. Arrowhead is a non-governmental website, basically about drugs, compounds, and you can get Tons of information on their effects, on their legality, on um, maybe if something is going to hurt you and end on experiences too. It's Wikipedia for drugs. It's existed basically since the birth of the internet. I still read through the experiences all the time. Even when we were in high school, we used to read it to like check out on stuff. Yeah. It's very, it hasn't changed much. Web 1.0, but it's a huge amount of data on there. It's super cool. It's crazy legit. So Erwin has a scale of taking um, psilocybin. So the threshold is three to four milligrams. Light amount is four to eight milligrams. Common is six to twenty milligrams. Strong is twenty to forty milligrams. And heavy is anything above thirty-five milligrams. What they give people when they come into the center, they give them between thirty milligrams and forty milligrams. So a very heavy dose. Moderate to high dose. Right. Yeah. So it, that's why the set and the setting and why they've perfected it is so important because if you're giving someone that high of a dose, you have to control for everything you can. So everything goes well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so they're giving them very high doses to have possible effects. Let's talk a little bit about the center's director. Okay. Dr. Roland Griffiths. Do you have anything you want to jump in here really quick? I just Did think, you save my voice for a second. No, you're doing fucking great. I think it's really imp- I think it's really important to say that these scientists are boring ass old white people. Like they're there not hippies. There it, there it is. They're not they're not hippies. They are like the people that you that would normally be like this stuff is stupid. Right. Right? They're just like they're like lifelong PhD scientists, boring ass nasally voice. They're usually studying neuroscience. They're usually or studying some psychology. boring ass shit. You know, what, you know what I mean? But like th- this time they're on they're on our side. <laughs> they're on our side this time. Right. So, who is this dude? Roland Griffiths, right? He looks like boring ass white dude. He looks An like old boring, boring ass, ass, white ass white dude. dude. Who is like 5% too happy in his pictures. He always always has like a little bit of a smile. He's taking, you know, some of the samples go missing sometimes. Don't they they, Dr. Roland where those samples go? Well, okay. So what that actually happened when like Timothy Leary was doing studies in Harvard, him and his graduate students, they got in trouble for Timothy Leary. Okay. Sorry. He was a Harvard professor in the sixties. He's famous for saying, tune in, um, turn on and drop out in San Francisco. Um, (laughs) And uh-huh. he he was a Harvard professor, and he started doing trials with grad students with psilocybin, and they got approved because Harvard has a little bit of a history of doing these kind of trials with psychedelics. So, but he took it a little bit far. He was trying to kind of give it to undergraduates, and may or may not have been trading them for some sort of favors. There of the we sexual go. Variety, classic. May, may or may not. By the way, psilocybin again is the chemical in, in shrooms that makes you hallucinate. <laughs> hallucinate. Hallucinate. It makes Did you jade everywhere. I just hallucinogated it <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. So there is a history of kind of, of professors getting into this stuff, but yeah. Roland Griffiths, he's an OG of psychedelic research. Timothy Leary was criticized for not having objective data and having like really poor methodologies in the studies. This dude, Roland Griffiths, absolute OG, real fucking scientist. He's the directing the center. He has six full-time staff of other scientists. So this thing is a big deal. Um, one quote he has that I think is very interesting and kind of shows who he is is in quotes from his TED Med talk that he gave a couple of years ago. You become aware that you are aware. He's talking about doing mushrooms. It's a mysterious truth we recognize, we recognize at some deep level that we are all in this together and there's an impulse for mutual caretaking, awakening to a sense of peace and joy and gratitude that most people find unimaginable. Okay, so that's Roland Griffiths, the head of the center. What is the Johns Hopkins? Psychedelic research center are doing right now the last two studies that they published are number one investigating the increased emotional growth of the brain in response to psilocybin so actually like the physical growth of that part of your brain that's cool is is uh speculated that that part actually gets bigger not only bigger but more flexible so it can do more things and the second thing is about the claustrum, which is the center for the brain's task switching and attention management that appears to be altered in some way during psilocybin trials not surprising. It's very hard to do task management when you're high on mushrooms. What do you think? Yeah, put that phone away. Put that yeah, definitely put that phone away. Put the wall put the wall away. Cause you might just when you're on shrooms, you might just took it the wall and just like throw it in the woods. Just to see what it's like to throw something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're in the center, you just throw it against the wall. You're in you're in Aladdin's little teepee. You're in Hidalgo's teepee. But you know, rugs, Persian rugs everywhere. You know, a horse. You know, like shit like that. Incense everywhere. Hadago's teepee. Okay. Yeah. No, where agree. would you want to do drugs? Well, well, not I not a dog. If not, so, so I love what I, I think it's really smart what they do with the center. And you have to understand that the goal of the Johns Hopkins research center, their goal is to publish unbiased papers on their findings on psilocybin. And they've, that's yeah. the goal. And they've been very successful. They've published over 600 papers. Yeah. And they've done a very, very good job. So in, in order to do that, they need to take out all the variables of mushrooms. Yeah. So they have just the person lay on in the same living room on the same couch, right? Personally, you know, that's not really what where I would like to do shrooms. I want to go in the woods in nature. Well, no, I love the. Co- I want to Aladdin's teepee. Hedonimo's you want to do it in the couch with the with the therapist would be cool. Yeah, that well, with someone there sitting you know, with you know incense with you know um, waving the rugs sure, and shit sure. and like and fucking like maybe like a snake. You know, you can kind of play with. When's the last time you saw Aladdin? You must have seen it recently. No, I don't know. been real Aladdin. I, um, I watched the end of Hidalgo on YouTube. Maybe this morning, H- Hugo Mortensen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vigo. What a man! He, v- is, he is a handsome, is handsome, handsome, handsome man. Handsome man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, um. Noah. So we just talked a little bit about the center and what it does and why it's special. Yes. Can you tell us about number one, the medical uses and benefits that the center is uncovering in its research? I'm very excited to talk about these. Absolutely. Okay. These were these were absolutely shocking to me. And again. All of this research comes from the Johns Hopkins Research Center by boring-ass scientists, okay, objectively looking at this, doing those sessions, okay? So this first study is based on addiction, okay? And some of, some of these results are, they're insane, honestly. Um, so cigarette smokers seeking to stop smoking cigarettes, okay? There were 15 volunteers. In the studies, the volunteers had three different psilocybin sessions, Okay. The first session was on their scheduled quit date on the day. They were like, I'm going to stop. These are people absolutely addicted to cigarettes smoking. Like, like you said, if you're addicted to cigarettes, you average about 20 cigarettes a day. That's unbelievable. That's so if you are addicted to cigarettes, you smoke 20 cigs a day. That's how much someone addicted to cigarettes averages. That's, that's a real addiction. Yeah. Yeah. That these people have. So so these 15 people, they're smoking 20 cigarettes a day. You can imagine by that point, stopping would be unreal hard. Yeah. Okay. So, in order to measure their addiction levels, the scientists measured the nicotine content in their urine. Okay, so they couldn't cheat. Basically, they'd come in, they'd just measure the urine. in th- In the first five weeks before the first session, they measured their urine. They had extremely high levels of nicotine because they were smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Okay, on their quit date, when at when when they had the first session, okay, after the first session, they all they all um they all attempted to quit. So all their urine nicotine fell to zero. Okay. The, but the big thing about the study was how are they going to fare, fare like six months or even a year after this? Okay. So after the study, right. They all attempted to quit, right? So after their on their quit date. Okay. So these are on their quit date. They had a psilocybin session, right? Which I was just explaining where they did the, the yeah, couch yeah, exactly, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and after that quit date, after that psilocybin session, they had two more, like a week after or oh, okay. okay. Okay, so they had a total of three, each of them. Heavy doses. Heavy doses, moderate to heavy doses, okay? Yep. Six months after the, exper- after the experiment, okay? And by the way, the normal, do you know what the normal quit percentage for like a like cigarette like ch- trial or like or medication six months after? Do you know what it normally is? Um, How many people actually are able to quit with that medication? 5% five to ten percent okay okay so shock how shockingly six months after the experiment over 80 percent of the volunteers had quit smoking yeah well i think is it quit smoking or had just gone a week of absence no they had quit they had quit smoking six months after like they hadn't had a cigarette in how long i'm not sure in how long but six months after they didn't have any nicotine in their urine okay oh wow okay Wait, what do you mean? Oh, wow. This is the 80% of the, of the, of the people that were super addicted to cigarettes, they all quit. Yeah. No, I, it's amazing. I, I think I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, saturated by it. Cause I've, I read the, those studies too. I just, um, the numbers are crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Can you imagine? So, so here's, so uh, let me get into this real fast. Okay. Yes. The team also wanted to follow up on studies that were conducted in the fifties and sixties that linked LSD to the cessation of alcohol. Yeah. Okay, and it was pro- it was proven that there was some link, but it was basically thrown out the door because of the questionable practices, all the crazy shit happening then. Right. Okay, so they were like, we want to pick this back up. Mm. To do this, the team collected da- data anonymously online uh, by using Airwood. Oh, really? Okay, so this is Johns Hopkins and Airwood partnering together on this study. Like a survey? Kind yeah, of thing? L- like a survey online. Okay, okay. they got 343 participants uh, that were predominantly white, male, American. Surprise. Okay, surprise. And um, importantly had reported at least by the way, I mean, that's the highest demographic for alcoholism. Oh, is it? Yes, just because it's I a majority so of the country. country or because I'm not sure. that's a good point. Um, and importantly had reported at least seven years of problematic jerking before they had a psychedelic experience. Okay, so these are these these alcoholics have had seven years of of alcoholism prob- problems. Gotcha. Okay. Of the group, seventy two percent met the criteria for clinical alcohol use disorder. Which means that they're alcoholics, basically. It's a clinical term for it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the U.S., 15 million people have AUD. Okay? Alcohol use disorder. Yep. A year after the trip. Okay? okay. They, they did one, year, one session. They did one session. Most of them did this session not to quit uh, alcohol, but just because, like, they wanted to do shrooms. Okay. They didn't. Know, they didn't do that for that reason. Yeah. A year after the trip, 83% of the participants no longer met the criteria for having alcohol use disorder. So 83% of them dropped their drinking so much that they were no longer considered. This, this is research by uh, Johns Hopkins. This is Johns Hopkins and Arrowhead that collected data on this. Okay. Very this, cool. They work together. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. So here's the crazy thing. When you, when you think about this, yeah. Okay. How effective like psilocybin has been for addiction. Let's say 15 million people in, in the U S have alcoholism. Right. And you know, an al- an alcoholic and and we know you know we know from from personal experience and an alcoholic can affect like ten people, ten mm. people's lives very negatively. Yeah. Right. Like mm. even more. So that fifteen million alcoholics, they're really affecting like a hundred and fifty million people. Oh yeah. If I'm, not more. You're talking about all the touchstones. All, all the life. all the people they t- like they they touch right. Like the, the their lives are affected by it. So now we're talking about hundred and fifty million people, which is a half of the country, fifty percent of the country. That's affected by alcoholism. Okay. So if, if psilocybin, a psilocybin trip is 83% effective, we could potentially help 150 million Americans by, by helping people with alcoholism. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, I mean, you've talked about tobacco first and now alcoholism and the benefits of both. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, the, and, and how, if, so the, fresh, the the crazy thing is that psy, like psilocybin shrooms, there's still a schedule one drug. Which means that, which means in the definition of a schedule one drug, it says that they have no known health benefits, right? That was part of the problem is that how can you study the health benefits of something when you're not allowed, not allowed to study it at all? Right. So that is federally, mm-hmm. it literally is labeled. psilocybin so mean, is having no known health benefits. And that's why it's a schedule schedule one drug. Mm-hmm. Okay. Along with heroin and meth, Yep. it's in the same category. However, it helps 83% of alcoholics become non-alcoholics. Okay, why do you think that is? What oh, why? Thank you. Why? Let's get to the why. All right, all right, all right. Let me scroll. So, I had a quote. I have a quote that, I of course, can't find, but it's from the from the assistant. The it's from Dr. Roland Griffiths, like assistant. Okay. In, in the research, and what he says is that because a psilocybin trip is really, it's more of a therapy than a medication. In what way? It is a psychotherapy. Okay, so it doesn't itself like attack the addiction or attack the addiction hormones it really it lets it lets the person who took it like connect like break their barriers and connect to like should they be doing this it's it's a therapy right the user the person doing it they like psilocybin makes them choose to not do alcohol anymore their experience on psilocybin Mm -hmm. makes them choose not to do it instead of the medication like attacks the like addiction part of the brain or whatever. This is actually a therapy. It's much more of a therapy than a medication. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I... But... No, that's part of the research is that we don't... We, we're still... This is on the forefront. We don't totally understand why. What? Well, I... But do you, do you see... Do you see what no, I... I see, I see what you're saying is that it doesn't address the actual chemical response so much as it addresses like the motivation maybe when you take advil yeah that's exactly right when you take advil right that's affecting your headache your pain it's mm-hmm. affecting like the actual like physiological right right psilocybin is a therapy so it makes it makes the, the alcohol it makes them choose by their experience not to do alcohol anymore which is much more powerful But well, western medicine is often criticized for that for treating the um the symptoms and not the the actual root of the problem Right. So this true the root of the problem, which is the person is drinking a shit ton and then you stop. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, depression. This is, a, yes. this is amazing too. I want you, you. Yeah, me. Uppity. Uppity. I'm a, Listen. A, I'm not Listen a, I'm a, I'm listening in your chair. Okay. I think this is important. In a study with 51 cancer patients with clinically diagnosed depression, these are people with very, very bad cancer. You can imagine how depressing that would be. Horrible. Probably. Okay. Terminal cancer, right? Terminal cancer. Okay. They either received a low or high dose of psilocybin. 32% of those that took a low dose of psilocybin after their session. Okay. They showed an increase in mood and their condition even five weeks after taking it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So even with the low dose, 32% of the people showed lowering of depression, increase in mood, increase in joy, increase in happiness five, five weeks after taking it. Okay. The real, the real crazy findings are The high dose, the patients that took the high dose, Mm -hmm. right? Of of the clinically depressed patients that took the high dose, 92% of them, okay, showed improvement five weeks after. How do you classify improvement? Good. Okay. They basically have, they have like a a clinical psychologist go, go, they have them take a huge, like a really long questionnaire that kind of measures it. And then Mm -hmm. they talk to a psychologist. So that's how they, that's how they measure it. Okay. Yeah. It's tough, right? It's tough. How do you measure happiness? Mm-hmm. We don't have like a quantity. It's, it's tough, but you got to try. Okay. So 92% of the people that took the hydro psilocybin had improvement five weeks after. Yeah. They were depressed, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what do you think about that? No, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I read the same, the same study. It's freaking amazing. I just wonder, you know, there are some problems with the studies a little bit. One of the biggest problems, right, being that you can't do a double blind study, which is like the gold standard for a psychoactive study. What do you mean? Is that when you give someone the, um, the psilocybin, you can't, you can't not tell them that they're getting a drug. You can't like do the dru- You can't just like dose them basically and see how they react being dosed. You can't trick them. A lot of studies like they'll trick them and they'll bring them in for one thing. You know, like the, the like the prison experiment, basically where they brought the guards in and were test. They were testing to see like how their abuse of power, but they didn't tell them that. Right. You can't like uh, trick someone into doing psilocybin. It's part of the problem, and that's like the standard for these um these tests. So that 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 is because so they go these people go in as willing participants, wanting to get better, right? Which is it's just not not what you want in a totally objective scientific study. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. But the numbers are not amazing. I'm t- yeah, not obviously. totally sure how you're supposed to get around that. Um, I mean, if you, what are you supposed to do? Not. They did, to- so they tried, uh, Timothy Leary, going back to him, they tried to do a study in a church where they were trying to show that these mystical experiences were the exact same as a mystical experience that a religious person would get in a church where they didn't tell who they dosed in the church. Okay, what happened here? Right. And then they were like, had them fill out a survey. Basically, in a questionnaire, and see how like how they were feeling, and so they tried to do it, and even then, he said it became very obvious who had taken the drug within five minutes. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, fucking, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. So that it is hard to talking do that. about the church. I was re- I was reading this article that like there was like rabbis, Catholic priests, oh yeah, Buddhist monks and stuff. Okay. They are like being led on these mushroom trips. Uh, so oh, that what they, happens? So that they can better connect with like because they want to connect to their spirituality. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You need to read more. But that, wait, I would love to know more about it. I know. No, no. Cause in the big religions, we've kind of taken the mysticism out of these religions. Absolutely. In the organized ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the, to the depression trials. Okay. Yes. After six months. So these, these patients that took that had the psilocybin dose after six months, still 79% of patients with a clinical depression that took the psilocybin showed again, the lessening of depression, increase in, in mood, joy, happiness. And it was just incredibly effective. Yeah Okay um, Dr. Roland R. Griffiths again Who we mentioned The chief scientist here The big daddy The big daddy The Jock Boring ass white The Jock The, the, the Jock Cousteau of psychedelic research mm-hmm. bo- Also a boring ass white dude Said such an effect is unprecedented In the field of psychology Okay mm-hmm. He is leading the study I like so. to do studies and then call it Yeah I like to do This podcast this podcast is unprecedented, is unprecedented In the field of podcast guys the field, in the of, f- podcast, in the field guys. of audio This is unprecedented Exactly However Yeah Still, still, still pretty cool. Yeah. And you can go on the site and read some of the quotes from the patients and they're very inspiring. Okay. Consciousness, connectedness, 245 participants in this one, over 600 psilocybin sessions. Okay. When, when answering questionnaires after the experience, the, the participants expressed higher levels of unity, togetherness, all people being connected, sacredness, positive mood, Love, joy, deep sense of encountering the ultimate reality. Okay, that's after, after these people did a psilocybin session. Participants returned a month after a session and reported the following. Ready? Mm-hmm. 90% reported increased life satisfaction. 80% of participants reported that the experience was among the five most important spiritual experiences of their lives. I think that's really important. Okay, 50% of people said that it was the most important experience for them spiritually. Adam, when you did shrooms, ah. do, you, do you consider shrooms an important spiritual thing for you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. What? How was your first? Tell me about your first. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me about your first trip. Trying, How did you feel before and after? Um, I felt. I felt more open. I'd say I felt I felt more more open and connected after. It was hard because I was in high school. You know, you have high school brain. It's also hard. Absolutely. To rem- it's also hard to remember. Absolutely. I, I wasn't thinking when I was taking them about having a mystical experience. I was just thinking about getting like fucked up on something. Yeah, and having for a good sure. time, right? But yeah, uh, about my first experience, I took them outside of uh, this high school, and. Um, went into this kind of marshy area And all these colors were like bursting out And it was amazing And then I started crying But I wasn't crying because I was sad I was just crying I didn't know why I was crying And, and it, it was cool It was like scary But also cool at the same time It's in a public It was also like on a public uh, bike path oh, The whole thing not, not, not great Not a great was, place to do it Yeah Not a great place to do it But it, it was cool And a lot of colors And then I also like had to get picked up by my parents Like a couple hours later You know our parents Yeah, but I was like, you know, I was happy. I I was fine. Mom, we love you. Yeah. Um, from long term, okay. So, so these from long term follow up with these patients, the effects were sustained over years. Uh Okay. They did structured interviews also with the parents, friends, and family members, and those people also noted these things. They noted the increased life satisfaction. They noticed their increased happiness as well. Okay. Mary Casimiano is the session facilitator. She's she's based. She's the one that holds your hand. She's the therapist. Cool. Really interesting because she's been she's been like part part of like four hundred different watching four hundred different people go through these sessions. Okay. Probably no one before her has ever seen this much This much tripping. No one Just before seen her has tripping. ever been sober uh, no, a sober around this much tripping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's the she's the all time greatest trip chronicle. Trip chronicle. How can we get her to come out here and do a trip with us? Oh my god, fucking! <laughs> I would do anything. I think, but she, I, I listened to a TED talk with her, and I think she would. Really? Yeah, she's really she she she, wants wants to she, had, a, she had a pretty the, good t- spread the gospel. She had a pretty good TED talk. Um, or the person, so she's the person that guides people through the trip. She guided hundreds of them. She said what emerged as the core experience of the people after she talks to them, was love, connectedness, or a reconnection, reconnection of the patient's true authentic self. The themes she sees the most in patients are, we are love, we are all one, all connected. The present moment is all there is. The importance of forgiveness and compassion for self and all. There is an interconnectedness to all of life. A deep-rooted knowingness of our true authentic self. Okay. You know, that's all great stuff. There is kind of a, yeah, darker, a darker reading of this. Is that the actual mushroom is producing this toxin that makes you feel great. Yeah. So that you will keep eating the mushroom and therefore helping it reproduce. Very good point. Just saying. And co- and continue with your lady. Okay. Yeah. One volunteer said, it is a total connection with the universe. It is a state of awareness that is beyond description, profound, yet one has a deep knowingness that is our true reality. Okay. One of the cancer patients also said she had to experience joy for years and that the laughter brought on by psilocybin brought it back to her. Wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. I think that you can say that, right? But, but what's interesting, and, and Dr. Roland, Dr. Roland Griffiths notes, notes this, of course, again, saying how awesome his own study is. Yeah. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> but, but he does note this. There are similarities. With ev- when everyone takes the shrooms, like, like again, Mary, Mary is saying that there are similar themes that people have. He's noticing that too. And it's like, why does everyone seem to have these similar, these similar effects of like getting it like interconnectedness basically? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's not, I think there's something to that. Why are we having the same effects? Hey, right? did she, did anyone ask her like how many people have bad, did she ever talk about bad trips? Yes. Okay. I would love to know about that. Yes. She did talk about bad trips. Tell me. She said like, she said that the bad trips, as, as we know, they come from the people not being comfortable there. Uh, uh, not being comfortable in the space? Just not being comfortable in that space, right? Oh, yeah. Not being, okay. in, not being in a good mood that day. Okay. Right? That's what you said the back shows. But really, most of the people that, that do it in this fashion, because it's so regulated, they've, they've done a good job of getting the percentages of good trip high. What's the percentage? Good question. I don't know. God, I would love to know more. Yeah. Well, she says it's all about the setting. It's all about, it's all about the setting. And, and she... So when they, they come in first before the session... To just meet her and hang out. Yeah. Go. I want to hear her saying, come into your microphone. I'm into my mic. There you are. Hey. You're back. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's about setting, right? Yeah. It's about, oh, oh, here's what I was gonna say. From personal experience. Right. I was gonna, I was gonna from, bring this up. I think you are gonna say what I was gonna say. From personal experience. Okay. okay. I think, how many times, I think that I've done hallucinogens maybe like, maybe nine or ten times. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've only had a bad trip for five minutes once. Like what kind of, what happened? It was actually in the, in, in the trip that I described where I was with my friends out in the mountain. Uh huh. Okay. What happened was for some reason we all got interested in something, something different and we separated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was at one point of the trail and they were at another point and I was all alone and it was in like a dark place of the forest mm-hmm. where the sun wasn't shining the dark forest. And I started to get freaked out. I was like, I'm in the dark forest. I freaked out. I, I ripped out a fence. So there's a wooden, um, there was like an old like rotting wooden fence post. Uh-huh. And I ripped it out. And I th- remember I threw it down the mountain. I threw it, I threw it like down the hill. Okay. And I was like, la- and then I like ran to go find my friends. I so, was like, I got to go find my friends. And then I found my friend like, like laughing, like bathing in like a, like a stream, like almost naked. And then, and then I was, then I was back. Okay, then you're back. Yeah. I thought you were gonna talk about the time. Shout out to Rowan and Luke, by the way. Shout out to my dogs. Shout out. out. I thought I thought you were gonna talk about the time when we were at that uh, music festival and like flipping burgers on mushrooms. Oh shit. You have to tell people this one. You Uh, have to you have to tell this one. So somehow we to pay our ticket to get into this music festival, we had to work for the Lions Club, which was like flipping burgers at one of the burger flipping places. And uh, we're at a music festival. We decided at a it, stand. we decided it would be a really good idea to take mushrooms at a music right? festival working at a burger stand. We took mushrooms. Yeah, like four of our friends. So so we did it. I didn't stay at the stand flipping burgers. No, you I fucking dip. I left, left to and me, just laid in the. We didn't take that. Uh, I don't think we took that much. It wasn't like tripping. No, so we took like half eighth, which is a moderate amount compared. Uh, what they say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we we did take a bunch because I remember having to get really hammered to just kind of yeah, like... No, for sure. I just laid in the grass and stared at the ceiling. We thought it was... But great. you guys... Like, talk about your experience flipping burgers, being ordered around on mushrooms. Okay. Sure. So, so we... So, Adam fucking bounced. Adam bounced and left us there. We yeah. had to run the burger stand, though, it was, and like make burgers. And people were getting angry at us. Like, they were in line and we were on trooms trying to make burgers. Yeah. um, And it was kind of fun, honestly. Really? You, it remember, was, you remember it Me and Larson fun? were cooking, cooking, doing shit, you know, getting the burgers ready. I remember you guys, when I she- came back to the stand, you are like, fuck you for leaving. Yeah, we were like, you fucking dipped on us. But, like, we were, like, cooking. And then, like, but we were making terrible. I burnt my hand because I, like, touched the grill because I was just on shrooms. We weren't organized at all. But, you know, it's something that, you know, when you're youthful, you just got youthful energy. It gets you through everything. Yeah. So, um, one thing, Zion, and I, if you know the reggae artist. Yeah. He came to the burger stand after playing with his wife. And he wanted a burger. And we were so freaked out. That like, it was him. How'd you know it was him? Um, oh, because it's like it's fucking him. Yeah, and 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 so we were like, <laughs> we were late getting his burger, and his wife was yelling, at us, yelling <laughs> at us. Really? I remember being like, I'm on shrooms at the music festival, and Zayn wife is yelling at me for getting a burger. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so you guys did have a good time. You didn't have a bad we time. for sure had a good time. Remember, I remember the old man who was at the Lions Club said, "You guys are fucking crazy." <laughs> He's like, "These are yeah, we're on fucking shrooms, old man." Um. Yeah yeah that was a wild experience good times beautiful in the sun okay um <laughs> and uh, and like trip. We? i don't even know where we where are where are we okay hold on, hold on. finish up uh medical uses let me just say that dr Roland griffiths has three conclusions from his very own study and how awesome it is yeah okay yeah first conclusion, he loves it he loves his studies he loves his own studies Speaking, yeah. again this podcast is unprecedented than ever before well here's the thing though here's the kind of thing oh damn it here's yeah, the that psilocybin so and lsd does have a history of Kind of middle aged to older white dudes, kind of being like these prophets of the drug itself, okay. And thinking like they're All super right. tight. If you listen, he has a TED talk as well. Yeah, he's not a, I, I, He's not a crazy old man. No, he is. He's a normal. He old scientist He seems like a man. normal old scientist. I'm just saying. Just saying. You're more negative about this. Than I'm not I negative. I'm just. You know, everything is uh Everything's complicated, but I, the studies are amazing. Okay, Keep so going. scientific show the so he has three conclusions from the studies. Okay. Number one is scientific. Show the effect reliably dose dependently can use this to find the, the causes and consequences of effects, genetics, personal personality diet. So he's saying that it's just interesting how mushrooms affects people differently based on the genetics or personality. And we can learn a lot about the brain from that. Okay. Then there's of course, of course, medical therapeutics, the data with cancer. Okay. And cancer depression. And how effective psilocybin was is being used by two private firms asking the FDA if they can proceed with cl- clinical trials for a medication. Fantastic! Does yeah, happening, which right is now? awesome. Which is literally the point. That's the point of Johns Hopkins to provide the research for so this. for the government to pick up. So the FDA, you said, right? So two two private firms. Yep, they're like this. These is very promising. We want to proceed with a medication for cancer patients. Uh huh. Right. So now they're trying to get that passed through the FDA. And okay. They're, and they what they they're using the Johns Hopkins research to like. To be like this, shit works. Look at this research. I think it's important to know that Johns Hopkins is not federally funded; it is all private, all private. And some of the donors include Tim Ferriss. Yeah, we know that guy, right? Um, oh, again, that's 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 what they say. Their biggest difficulty. Are Bill is. and Melinda up in this shit or what? You know, do they just they just care about mosquitoes? They're they're so busy on mosquitoes. Yeah, I don't. Do you think Bill's done done some of this? Yeah, he's done some of this. Illicide. Let's not be okay. Ridiculous. Well, uh, Steve Jobs, you know, he did a lot. He was super into it, and he accused Bill of not doing it. Never. really yeah he was like bill has none that's why he doesn't that's basically why PCs saying suck. basically saying you can't blow. like open his mind like he sucks and then bill gates was like no actually i tried it no, I tried it. probably <laughs> like that yeah that's good shit mm-hmm. all right um so smoking cessation okay yep. very strong application as we've seen with psilocybin and addiction okay yep and then the fact that psilocybin trips or or trips or encounters mirror enlightenment occasions that naturally occur this is what he says these trips seem to mirror light, light medications that naturally occur, suggest that these experiences are biologically normal. Okay. He's saying that it raises the question why we are wired to have these spiritual occasions to see the connectedness of all people and things. I, I think this is very interesting too. Why does it seem like everyone has the same kind of feelings when they take it, when they, when they have a positive experience? Why are we wired to feel this way? Okay. Things that provide the basis for our oral, ethical and moral code. You just spelled trying yourself. Okay, something he's saying something about the experience affects your consciousness on some deep level. Did the chai get all over your shirt? Well, it's Where Did, it did you hear what done. I did? You even hear what I said? Yeah, it affects your consciousness on a deep level, just like my chai affected my shirt on the deepest level of color. It will never be the same. Okay, I have okay talking talking about why is this so effective? Yeah, why is it? Okay, as and I quoted the uh, Matthew Johnson, the associate professor of Johns Hopkins. That's his name. Now I'm at the quote. Yep. Okay. And again, it's affected because it is more, more, more like a, a therapy than a medication. Yep. It actually affects while the alcoholic will choose to stop himself. Right? Okay. Said Matthew Johnson, associate professor of Johns Hopkins. When you talk to someone who, is, who has managed to overcome addiction, they often talk about who they had to answer. Big picture questions that connect to what's important in life. They often talk about who they had to answer to. Big, pe- big picture questions that connect to what's important in life. Psychedelics prompt these kind of questions, even though we have a lot more to explore. I think it's, un- I think it's likely that it's the intense nature of the drug psychological experience that that's underlying its high success rate. Yeah. Well, if you, if you, that makes sense because AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they do the 12 steps. There's a lot of spiritual kind of language in the 12 steps as well. Like that, who you're answering to. Yes. You know, for sure. So that makes sense. Um, I now I have, I have a rebuttal to what you said about mushrooms earlier. Okay. I just realized. So you said that the dark side is that are the mushrooms just making humans feel like this so that they just continue to take more and poop out more and make more seeds. Yeah. Right. It's a survival mechanism. Uh-huh. Okay. Even if that is the case, does it even matter? Because when you, because this stuff is, it's showing that it's stopping people from being addicted to harmful chemicals. It's stopping depression and cancer patients. So if that, who cares if that's the case or not, um, it's making people feel, feel more. So like a, a huge problem with society now is that, is rebuttal. that just one second, your rebuttal. No, uh, yeah, no. Your rebuttal can come in one second. Your rebuttal. Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a huge problem with society now. Don't you, don't you feel like, especially even before Corona and now during Corona, it's like, this is a joke, yeah. right? It It's how isolated, how isolated and disconnected Absolutely. everyone is. Mm-hmm. From each other, it, and it sucks and it creates this, these feelings of loneliness that just blow, right? Yeah. Okay. But sh- shrooms, okay, or psilocybin, makes people feel like brings them back to reality, back to being connected. Why does it matter? Yes. Why is it? Why does it matter if that is what the shroom is trying to do? If if these are the effects of it? To me, it matters because if it's not an insidious plan by the mushroom, then maybe we're unlocking something in our own consciousness that means like maybe this is the way we're supposed to be all the time. And maybe our consciousness is actually making us experience the world in a, in a doled down way from what we should actually be experiencing. But if it is an actual thing put out by the mushroom as like an insidious way of, of control and... Of reproducing. And, of reproducing, then it makes me think that the bigger picture consciousness stuff is n- not as relevant. That's why. Hmm. Just, just, just the I've, okay. there's no science yeah. behind that. Okay. No, no, I like, I like what you just, I like, I like what you just said. Yeah. Even, but then I'm gonna try and use an analogy. I have no idea it's gonna work. Yeah. Okay. When you are in love with someone or want to have sexual intercourse with them, is that's the same thing, right? That's the exactly mm-hmm. that that's the same thing. And, and, and you do feel that way, sexual desire or love for someone because you know chemicals in your body just want, because because the human body wants to because humans, you know, we need to survive as a species. You want right. to reproduce. Right. But that doesn't take away from the nature of your sex, from your love or sexual attraction to that person. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. That's what I mean. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that because it's a natural instinct, we're, we're getting back into natural and artificial again. Just because just because something is used for survival mm-hmm. does not mean that it is therefore wrong. No, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. that but I, I wasn't totally what I was saying. I wasn't totally what I was saying. But obviously the mushroom... Okay, you're saying... I was saying that the bigger picture of all of this is that there is some way of experiencing the world... That is far more pleasant than the, the kind of, I don't want to say hell, but the kind of suffering a little bit in misery that we experience right now. And that psilocybin may be the key to unlocking this way of experiencing the world. That is a little bit more joyful. Yes, I think that it is. I think that it helps reconnect people back to their base reality. And if it's just a chemical put out by the mushroom to reproduce, that makes me think that maybe that isn't the case. I'd see. I totally disagree because, because because you could say that the human body is just putting out a testosterone to make you want to have sex with females. Uh, it's a fair point, it's right? A, it, it's a fair. It's it doesn't a fair matter point. about the reprodu- reproduction of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know why. I just think that that um, I think it would just be less cool. I think it, I think it would be less cool. Fair. for some reason it's fair i don't i don't know i don't i i from por- to me it's less natural i don't know why i i see what you mean less natural okay let me say this then okay. why when people take it are there similar themes across large sample sizes why do people feel a similar thing when they take it because they're taking the same compound that doesn't mean that, but that doesn't mean that you know the same compound can have drastically different effects
1: yeah i mean they're, ta- they're
0: taking the same compound you know like when you smoke weed you have the same like i feel tired and hungry basically i don't know it's the same thing. Why is that so? Surprising? So you're saying that like the mushroom, it like those feelings might be just completely artificial. I'm not that dairy. surprised about it. When you take cocaine, like you want to fucking run around and, and break shit. No, I not me. Okay, Uh you want to run around okay. and like do your homework. Okay. All right, we're gonna. I, I think we should move on. Yeah, I th- you know. I like. I, mean. I, I like your. I like your point. Yeah. And I will rest my case that it does not matter. Okay. To me. Okay. And moving forth. Difficulties. Scientists have noticed that the hardest thing for their research, um, and the thing about their research is that. It's a woman in a room holding someone's hand with a blindfold on. It's not like you, be- we don't need much funding for this research. It's not like these it's very technical. Okay. The hardest thing is that there's no federal funding for it. Of course, because the federal government says that there's no medical applications for psilocybin. Great job. Great thank- job, thank Uncle you. Sam. Thank you so much. Coming in right. Coming again. in hot again. <laughs> coming in hot again. Doing a great job. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Adam. Yep. What is a mystical experience and why is it important? I'm so glad you asked because it's time to get into the bigger picture, okay? Like I was saying, and I'm going to turn my volume up just a little bit for this section right here. Time to get into a little bit of the bigger picture about what's going on here. So when Roland Griffiths Griffiths, does the study, he said, this is the most most important part and the most interesting is not the medical uses, which are many, 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 as we were seeing, but the way they can be used to unlock yourself. Uh, mystically, spiritually, non-medically. So this is his favorite line of research. So what is a mystical experience? It's something that the psychedelic community uses all the time in this research when you're looking through it. A mystical experience is a kind of an umbrella term for the type of profound personal revelations someone might have spontaneously at any point in their lives. It doesn't even have to be during psychedelics. It can be during sports, during an encounter with a wild animal, you know? or I guess taking psychedelics, or maybe even during sex. Griffith says that uh, the mystical experiences induced by psychedelics are identical, which he finds most interesting. They're identical to the ones that happen naturally. So philosopher William James, a Harvard professor, described four characteristics that comprise a mystical experience, and I quite like them. I quite like them. I think they, they sum it up pretty well. Number one, it's transient, which means that the experience is temporary. The individual soon returns to a normal frame of mind, feels outside the normal perception of space and time. Like when you were talking about your experience with your friends on the mountain, right? That didn't last forever. Right. I would die if it lasts forever. Probably. I, to eat and stuff. It's ineffable, number two. The experience cannot be adequately put into words. It, it almost can't be described, what you saw. It is number three, noetic. The individual feels that he or she has learned something valuable from the experience. I love that one because I feel like that's an important part of any of these type of mystical revelations is that you learn something. You take away something that affects maybe even the rest of your life. Number four is it's passive. The experience happens to the individual without conscious control. It's not, you're not responsible for turning it on or it off. It just is happening to you. You're like you're on a ride almost. It's like you're on the roller coaster of the mushroom thing. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get to some examples of these. This is a man who is a lifetime meditator, but hadn't experienced anything for about a year and a half. Okay. This is not, this is important because it's not on psychedelics. You can have these experiences at different times. You don't have to be on a lot on drugs. I had been meditating every afternoon for the last year and a half. On this lovely spring day, upon completing my meditation, I arose with the calmness and peace associated with a lengthy meditative state. I went downstairs to my living room and I noticed as I looked out the window that I was one with the blades of grass and the rocks on the road. I was enveloped in a love I could not put into words. This divine love was in everything and in me, at the core of my being. I was this love and so was everyone else. In this state of grace, there was no right or wrong, no good or bad, and no judgment whatsoever. Fear was non-existent. There was no death, and I knew that we all live forever. Everyone I met was love. It did not matter what they looked like. I was them, and they were me. We are all connected. The utter joy is indescribable. I knew we did not end at our fingertips. The peace and bliss are beyond words. Okay, so I think that is a little lengthy, but I think that sums up pretty well what this feeling could be like. I mean, we've been meditating for a while. I've never experienced anything like that from meditating. I have I can tell you, not. It would be fucking awesome. I wish. If that happened. But it hasn't happened to me Every so far. Every morning is a struggle for me meditating. Absolutely. Why, so why is the mystical experience important? Research into these mystical experiences, like the one mentioned above, has shown that their mystical effects can be profound and meaningful. In one Johns Hopkins study, over half our participants reported the event to be among the top five most spiritually significant experiences of their lives. People often report these experiences... As being life changing, as we've been talking about, or something learned extremely profound. So let's get into sharing time. So Noah, do you have any other mystical experiences you want to talk about, or any other just experiences? Yeah, I, I have. I'll share a personal one and then one from a friend. Sure. Yeah. That I think that, that I think is great. Um, Go ahead. The per- personal one was the first time I did shrooms. We took a boat out to this little island. Okay, in in Bolinas, and I did it, and I listened to. I listened to music and I was feeling a root. I was root? like, I was listening. I was listening to um infected mushroom. Okay, and I was feeling this tree root, and I was yeah. like, this whole tree root goes everywhere. And I did that for about a couple hours. It's pretty intense <laughs> to listen to infected mushroom on it's mushrooms. Pretty intense. I don't know if you want infected mushroom Not, for well, mushrooms. Here's the, I, interesting with mushrooms. I think that as, at some point it's like adult brain and young brain. Young brain is more malleable, has an easier time doing psychedelics. Okay, I think I believe. Okay, I don't have any data to show this, but when you get older, like 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 when we recently did acid, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult for an adult brain to break all of its barriers and let go. It's harder, maybe, but I I still think that you should really do it as an adult because a lot of people I, think about our parents' age, right? Okay. They grew up during basically the mushroom prohibition when it was non medical, when it was like hippies or fucking. Crazy and these mushrooms are ruining the country, kind of propaganda shit. Yeah. So like our mom, right? She mom doesn't like psychedelics. Much no, at all. even when so, I even when I sent I sent I basically sent her all these studies. Yeah. Because mom, we love you more than anyone else. Absolutely. By the way, okay. Absolutely. Even even though we never I, want to cancel board game night, we never want Friday. to cancel board board game night with you. We love you, okay. Yeah. Even even though we sent her, I sent her all these studies. She just like and she just dismisses them. Yeah, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like him. Imagine, you know, imagine telling Nana about fucking mushrooms. What would she do? She'd Nana the shit out of it. What about Papa? Imagine telling Papa, he'd be like, what, son? Like, do you have a job yet? <laughs> okay. So that's what I'm saying is that since they went through this kind of prohibition and we're on the second awakening of the psychedelics, I think it, a lot of them haven't done it and it would be important to do it. So yeah. I don't want to discount that. Um, I want to talk about the, uh, the personal experience question. Yep. Uh, I want to mention my, my friend's experience. Yeah. Who may nameless, but he did, um, he was in a, a very depressed state. He was in a bad way. Okay, he did uh ayahuasca, okay, which is like the daddy of all hallucinogens, okay. Yeah. he did it with a shaman who like you need someone to lead you through ayahuasca because ayahuasca you basically pass out, oh shit, so when you take it, you you smoke it it's it's the frog, it's the frog venom, What's <laughs> the frog licking thing? It's the frog licky thing, I, I forget exactly, but it's from a frog, okay, all right um so he like he did the ayahuasca, here's a video of it, and he passed out. And the shaman catches him and like rattles some shit, you know, so he like, he like feels good. It doesn't last very long. Only lasts like 15 minutes or so, but he's completely gone. Oh shit. What he, after, after he did it, he said that he was, he like, he, he woke up from it and he went to a church he sat in the church and he's, and he's not religious, but he said that because what he felt like was that once what he learned is that negativity is like a leech is, and it's like all these things, like even like caffeine, or, like, drugs. They're, like, leeches. Oh, no. And he saw that... He, like, he thought that when he was on ayahuasca, they, like, suck you. They, like... S- they, they sit on you and they suck. They're like a leech. And he said that after he was done, he wanted to go to the church because at least the church has pretty much posit- positive energy. Yeah. With the people there. It is it is positive, And that's probably why people are... You know, a lot of people go. Yeah. Church can be positive. So, he... um. He said that he needed to get rid of all the negative things his life because they're like a leech. And it really helped him. Yeah. And that was interesting. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's the kind of shit that you want. That's why you take yeah. you would take these things. To, yeah. To feel like that and to get some insight into what's going on with you. I know we don't have this um this section, but I really want to talk about this. How it can go wrong. Uh okay. I think it's important because the frustrating thing is that or do you want to save it for open kimono? Uh save it for open kimono. Let's get through this part okay. first. Okay, it's fine. But yeah, that's a good thing. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to share with sharing time? You've given, uh, you've given I think I think our acid trip in Austin was was interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we took acid and we just walked through kind of the UT campus. Yeah. And we were we were tripping. We were definitely tripping. Shit was going on. But we could still be in society, you know, and just walk around and shit. I think that was kind of cool. Right. It was a lower dose. Um, I'm not sure if that I would describe that as a mystical. It was too urban. Was not, That's the thing for me. It was is not is that mystical. I learned that. I think that if it's going to be an urban experience like that, it's just not going to be mystical. I just don't think it's going to be that fun. It's not going to be that spirit amazing and spiritual. if It's going to be because you got to keep your shit together. You got to keep bit. your. Shit you can't together. roll in the grass and like just pet it and like cry. No, I remember we were looking at the construction workers on top of the building, and someone made a joke. Was like, you guys are just going to look at them forever until they fall? We were just standing on the campus looking, just staring at these construction workers. <laughs> like, yep, maybe, maybe we will. Um, okay, I was going to share some of mine so Yeah, go uh, Really quick So we got The non-mystical kind of for me seems to be In an urban setting You're not going to get the same profound effects Like flipping burgers at the festival Or walking through UT campus right, that wasn't mystical On acid or like It was I, fun, not mystical Or like I did a bunch at, the soccer, at a, a high school soccer game once And like it was cool Like the players turning into wolves and shit Was awesome But it's just not exactly mystical I would yeah, say yeah, it's cool. Not mystical for sure. Um, so actually I think that my mystical experiences don't have anything to do with psychedelics. So the, I thought really hard about what these would be really hard. Like the first one is when I was, I got my first, the job out of college when we were doing like, um, outdoor ed, there was a night during training where we, all all the interns. We went to like the the Sky Tower, this place where you could see like the stars. And it was a really mm-hmm. clear night, and we slept on that tower. And that's I just remember dope. thinking that like that was exactly where I wanted to be at that moment, and everything was perfect. That's cool. So it was it kind of has the the uh, components of a mystical experience, even though I didn't even take any mushrooms or anything. So that that I think that was the coolest one for me. Good example. And I thought I thought of it a lot, and that has nothing to do with psychedelics. So you can still have these, you know. And that's a cool thing with that. What Griffiths is saying is that. The psychedelics induce these experiences and they're the exact same. They're identical, which is awesome. I like, I really like what you just said. I feel like when I go into the woods, when we go on a hike, I don't get like that, that huge experience, but I get it a little bit where I just feel like I just feel good. I just feel happy that I'm there and I'm not just not stressed out. Um, speaking of stressed out and urban, no, do you want to talk about a little bit about the legality and where we are with that? All right. Absolutely. So, Legality. Yeah. I'm very excited to share this. I've been wanting to share something in this with Adam for like a for a couple of days and I've had to hold it inside. Okay, what is it? Okay. Um, well we're gonna get to it. We're gonna have to wait a little Doctors bit longer. Me. You're gonna have to wait a little bit longer again. Yeah. Okay. Legality. Just like just shocker, okay. The legality of shrooms is unbelievably confusing. Big shocker for you. Magic mushrooms are mostly legal in Brazil, Jamaica, the Bahamas, and they're allowed as truffles in the Netherlands. Right. Okay? Yeah, truffles. Just to, to show you how how convoluted these, these, these laws can be. In Indonesia, the drug laws are incredibly intense. Having magic mushrooms can send you to jail for a very, very long time. In some cases, even life. Don't do them there. Don't don't, do, don't fucking do, do them in Indonesia. Okay. However, in the Gili Islands, which is an arch- archipelago in Indonesia... They are sold openly at beachfront shops with big signs that say, like, do the mushrooms here. Right. Same, same in Laos. They sell them on, and same river. in fucking Thailand. In Thailand, like, you wouldn't, if you get caught doing them in, like, Bangkok, it's going to be real bad. Real, real bad. But then, like, you go out into, like, into the sticks, and they're just, like, a storefront says, get mushrooms here. So, for some reason, in different <laughs> regions, they're totally fine. Yeah, I don't know why. It's well, so I think weird. that it's important to know is that they're extremely abundant psychedelic mushrooms like you can find them many places they're not rare exactly I mean I don't I'm not a mushroom expert I don't know what they look like but you can find them around especially on the west coast well we're gonna get to that Adam okay go ahead go ahead to to date in the United States psilocybin is still classified as a schedule one drug and again a schedule one drug had the following characteristics this is This is. is, it's so stupid the schedule one drug had the following characteristics okay (laughs) I love it it's the drug the drug or other substance has a high potential for abuse the drug has no currently accepted medical treatment use in the U S it has a lack of accepted safety for, for use under medical supervision. Okay. So the big one is the drug has no currently accepted medical treatment use in the U S as you've seen by John Hopkins studies. However you think about it, there's, go, it does seem to have some, something that could help people clinically depressed on, on, on with cancer or, or with, oh, with, with cigarettes addiction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's in the same category as heroin or meth. So there we go. Classically, again, the legality of this is inc- unreal convoluted by okay. state in the United States. Stop beating around the bush. What is it? What's the legality? In, okay, in 47, this is the good news, in 47 out of the 50 states, Adam, <laughs> okay. the yeah. spores of the mushroom are perfectly legal to get. What? Yes. Okay. Wait, in 47 out of the 50? But it's not legal to grow them, is it? It's 47 out of the 50. So, so you can go online, as I, as, as I have checked out... You can go online and there are an unbelievable amount of resources and it's incredibly easy. I mean, And I mean incredibly easy. In three minutes, I got to the cart page of I can buy this right now. Wait, hold on. Hold on. So, but is it illegal to grow or illegal to consume? Okay, exactly. So, it, you can sell spores of psilocybin mushrooms and say these are psilocybin mushroom spores. And that is completely legal. And it's legal for you to buy them as long as you're not in Idaho, Georgia, or California. Okay. Oh, fuck. California. Yeah. Sucks. Here's the crazy. Oh, I, I'll, get, I'll get into California in a second. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, if you're not in those states, guess what? You can buy mushroom spores perfectly legal online. Okay. Not only that, but it's incredibly easy. Let me just say, okay, there is a, there is a Reddit feed called Spore Traders. All right. I got a big shocker for you. A lot of them sell psilocybin mushrooms there, Adam. Yeah. Surprise. They have reviews there. It's basically like Amazon. Okay, it's basically Amazon, and then you just you look at the people there. Spore Amazon. Look at the people there, and you just you know just you go out. to their you go to their site, and in five minutes in five minutes you can just order your mushroom spores. Got it. Okay, I thought you'd be more excited about this. I honestly. am really excited. I what's the catch though? You know there obviously. is the cat. The catch is that you when you get the mushrooms, you have to say that you're getting it for science for like that you're just gonna investigate the spores because as soon as you grow the spores, it's illegal. Well. Oh, as, wait, wait, wait. As so, so as soon as you cultivate them, as soon as you put the spores into the soil, soil and try and grow them into mushrooms, it's illegal. So why, why, why would you just want a spore? No idea. Oh, I, to like look at them under a microscope or to, something. Exactly. Microscopic use to like look at the spores under a microscope. Um, so whenever, so whenever, so whenever people are illegal, how illegal is it? Exactly. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get to that. Just, just whenever people are, are like selling it, they're like my for microscopic use and everyone's like, haha. Right. Totally. Like I use it for my microscope. Mm-hmm. okay so how illegal is it okay magic mushrooms have been have been decriminalized in the following cities decriminalized means that basically law enforcement will not spend resources to resources on prosecuting it or catching people with it or whatever okay it's a misdemeanor it's a very vague term decriminalization is vague as shit it oh. just it just all decriminalization means actually is that they're just they just isn't it- take it down as they're just they're I that's what I, what I thought decriminalization means is that the thing is a misdemeanor now. All um, decriminalization only means that you are just like stepping back, you're just stepping back the penalty for it. Okay, and it, it's vague. It's like for whatever area. Okay, okay. So the cities that have decriminalized it though are Ann Arbor, Michigan, Denver, Oakland, and Santa Cruz. the 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 later two. This is how convoluted these rules are. Oakland and Santa Cruz, what, uh, what state are they in, Adam? So, they're in a state where the spores are illegal. Right. <laughs> Oakland and Santa Cruz, the two cities where, that have some of the least criminality over owning the shrooms yeah. are two of the cities that you can't actually get spores legally where you can get them everywhere else. Okay. Okay. So, it, it obviously, make, it makes no sense. Okay. Um, Let me just say, okay, that you can, uh, you can find some microscopic spores to look under your microscope in about two minutes. Okay. Of internet research if you, if for everyone with microscopes out there. So for everyone with microscopes out there, if you did want to, so I personally believe that this is probably the best way to to get your to get psilocybin. Uh, okay. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to. Uh, you weren't excited. How are you not excited about? No, I'm excited about that, but it's still like very illegal to grow. You know, you're still, it's not like perfect. Oh, but it's, I wonder oh, if no. like if are they giving data to like the government? Those websites or like? What no, the dude, fuck? I don't think you know how legit. How, okay, so when, last time. You bought, like, last time, what what you're used to is like, five years ago when you had to order shit from, like, the Netherlands, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, okay. Can you imagine going onto an e-commerce site that is, like, that is brand like spanking? Like some sort of, like, Shopify website? Just, like, going onto a Shopify website that's brand spanking new with someone that has, like, a thousand reviews on Reddit and stuff. And they're, like, a very, have great customer service and just ordering it. Yeah, it sounds great. Just still be careful out there because it is federally illegal. No, and also, okay. Well, actually, let's go to open kimono because I want to talk about this. Wait, wait. Before we get to open kimono. Oh, now we're here. Proceed. Now we're here. Okay. So, I, I, I want to I discuss the big problem with drugs being illegal. Mm-hmm. The huge problem with it is that it's, it makes it way harder to have a positive experience on the thing. Okay? There's no dosing of it. Right? If you get the seeds and grow them, you have, you have no idea what you're growing, really. I mean, putting that thing in your mouth is going to be scary because mushrooms can kill you. Yep. Right. So, so no matter what you are, it's, it's going to be scary. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no, and like, there's no coaching on it. If you've never done shrooms before and you just pop into your mouth with no one that's experienced on them, it's not likely to be a good time. Mm -hmm. Right. If you don't prepare things. Okay. Okay. So, so it sucks because the non-legality of, of psilocybin, it makes it very difficult. Makes the experience. Much more difficult to have a good experience. True, true, absolutely true. Right, and that that's that's frustrating to me, Adam. Yeah, that that is frustrating mm-hmm. because it could be such a great time for everyone. Yeah, if they were legal, you 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 would be you'd, you'd be would, less stressed. If, well, if they were legal, you would si- you you could like sign up somewhere. Get a get a, get guide. a nice room. It'd be like an Airbnb get Hidalgo's tent Airbnb experience and the person's like a professional mushroom tripper mushroom tripper he's like I know the exact spot that's, yeah. that's amazing outdoors to trip on mushrooms there'd be I'm, professional yeah, mushroom yeah, guys yeah there they'd be professional he'd be like I'm gonna take you there okay we're gonna do the shrooms I have it I I have it all weighed out I got all this and shit. I know the exact shroom to we're do we're gonna do it and I'm gonna lead you guys through a very nice and pleasant trip and I will be your guide right that but, sounds great yes but but because they're illegal you don't have that and so it's just very. To have a good mushroom trip, you need to be prepared. Yep. You need to prepare shit. You got it. You got it. The horse, the horse, you've beaten the horse. Yeah, I'm gonna Yeah, the, the horse is dead. Horse. Dude, all those when horses. I said that yeah. I could get I could get seeds legally, no, uh, so I was so saying, I mean, you didn't give a shit. Uh, my open kimono is that it's amazing what they can do medically. It's unbelievable. And the data is incredible with the numbers. It's hard to believe. So I was just a little skeptical of the studies, but it's amazing. I think that the bigger picture of what it can do spiritually and mystically is something that I really, really want to experience again so badly. And I wish there was a way we could get a guide and do it. And I think that, I think that everyone should, I think that it has unlocked me in, uh, in creative ways where, you know, like the last time I took acid, I really saw everything as a construct. And I saw everything as being, you know, um, not fake, but being malleable, like these things that we take to be, necessary, like a nine to five job or something like that is actually something that you can choose and work around. So that's been really important to me. I totally agree. I think that at every different stage of your life, you're going to have a different realization on psilocybin or hallucinogen. It's going to be different for you. I think that it is incredibly important for people to take it, but in a a great way, you know, in a, in a structured planned out way, I think so. And you know, it's a really good, it's really good that me and you have a microscope. That's all I'm going to say shout out to sarah's can boyfriends I, can i say my opinion on your mushroom thing when, sure. you, when you when you said the nefarious thing about mushrooms yeah i my personal opinion is that it doesn't matter if that is is why the chemical reactions happen to you or not okay I, yeah i hear i hear your opinion so good <laughs> shout out to <laughs> Honestly, sarah's sorry. boyfriends I have a, all of them in the past shout out to all of sarah's boyfriends. hey i have a huge shout out to, to the new parents monica and andrew buckley and yeah, their beautiful son, Miles. Welcome to the world, Miles. Miles. And and Jack. Can't believe you guys are parents. And Jack. And Jack from, from Becca. Yeah. And Seth. Becca and Seth. Some babies in New York. And Jack. Baby Jack. Baby Jack. Baby Miles. Um, Shout out also to... Shout out to our mother. Who, who we love Griffiths, very much. Roland Griffith. OG. Shout out to, to Roland Griffith. He knows how to promote his own studies and say they're good. Yeah, why not? You know, at least he has confidence. Shout out to our old mother. Despite all the evidence, a hater of hallucinogens. Yep. Shout out to you, Mom. But that's okay, Mom. Wouldn't want to cancel Board Game Night. We love Board Game Night with you. We love you. Uh, Listeners, guys. We love you very much. We well, hope you have a microscope. If you can, if you have your iPhone right now, hit five stars on the iPhone. Hit subscribe. If you're listening anywhere, please find a way to subscribe so you can download the episodes and listen. And rate us on iTunes. It really helps. And it's a huge favor to us. Thank you. Guys. We'll see you next time. We love you. Have fun.